Uh, but any good to be saved? Amen. One of these days we're going to a place where they won't be no nothing. Amen. And uh, no burdens, no bills, no anything. And uh, But I want to be sensitive to the Lord this morning. Psalms 51, I may preach 45 minutes and I may preach 10 minutes this morning. But I want to give you what's in my heart this morning. Psalms 51 and verse number 1. David said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before thee. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Father, I want to thank you this morning for the word of God. Thank you for the testimonies of your people. Lord, for the good singing that we've heard thus far and for the offering. I pray that you'll bless both the gift and the giver this morning. May you be glorified and honored. I pray that we would not say anything this morning that would not be pleasing in your side. Help us. I pray you'd guard our thoughts, our mind. Lord, I pray you'd set a watch before our lips this morning. Father, I pray that you would receive maximum glory now. Speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord, to open our heart this morning. May it not just be a Sunday sermon, but I pray, God, that it would go home with us and change our lives and challenges for eternity's sake. And we ask all these things. In thy name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I really want to focus for just a few moments on verse number 13 where David said, Then will I teach transgressors thy ways. And notice this last phrase, Sinners and sinners shall be converted unto thee. You know, I got up this morning and as I woke up this morning, the Lord just really spoke to my heart about some things concerning this church. In fact, I would say to you this morning that uh, I will be here this Wednesday night as, as, as we have our Wednesday night service, but uh, I did just schedule a time this week for me and my family to just be away, but most importantly because I wanted to take this week to uh, just get away and just get a, along with God and spend some time in prayer and the Word of God and pray for the will of God for 2019 for this church. There are things that uh, I'm seeking God's will about that I'll be honest with you. I don't have the answer and I don't have the wisdom, but I know somebody who does. Amen. And I'm glad this morning and God has already uh, begun to work in my heart and I'm excited about what God may even do this week through prayer and through the word of God and so I want you to pray for me as I pray for God's will I, I don't believe that uh, a church, uh, I don't believe that I'm a pope by no means this morning but I think that if God is going to do anything that he's going to speak through uh, the man of God and he's going to give him wisdom and 
leadership. And that man is not uh, anything special. He has the respons- the awesome responsibility, a great responsibility to get along with God, to find God's will. We will not do the right thing within ourselves, but he will make it known to us. And as I think about that this morning, I, I sat down this morning from the time that uh, I had woke up this morning, God began to speak to my heart. And I started a new prayer journal for 2019. And amongst that, the first page, not very much in that uh, prayer book this morning, but uh, God began to speak to my heart about some things concerning this church. Most of the time, the things that I write down concern my family first, my wife uh, first, and then my children, and then uh, my mother and my father and my brother and, and his family. And then I began to think about this church. But this morning was quite different as God uh, began to speak to me about things concerning uh, Bible Baptist Church. And the first two things, I will tell you them, uh, that was on my heart that I'm praying for for this church. And I'm the number one and the number two burden for uh, uh, for this church for 2019 is really found in this verse of scripture that we have read this morning. It's number one that sinners would walk the aisle and be saved in this church in 2019. That is really what I want to see God do more than anything else in 2019. I want to see people walk the aisle in this church uh, and get saved. Amen. I want to see some young people in this church get saved and I want to see some uh, lost church members get saved. You say, uh, preacher, do you know who they are? Well, I don't know who they are, but I guarantee you we're like everybody else. We got folks sitting here that they've got a church membership, but they don't have a membership in heaven and they need to be saved and it'll take the Holy Spirit to deal with them. Uh, But I pray that number one, sinners would be converted and would walk the aisle. And then number two, I'm praying that backsliders, backslid church members would, would get right with God. And I'll say this morning that I think today would be a great Sunday for some backslid church members to get in the altar and do business with God. And God didn't save you and leave you here just to sit on a pew the rest of your life and just coast through life. And he's sure never gonna bless you going to some church down the road where it's a little bit watered down and a little bit easier and you're never challenged in your faith and you're never convicted in your spirit. That's not a place where God is. And I know we don't have a monopoly on God this morning, but I'm here to tell you right now, friend, we can have revival. And if sinners are ever gonna walk the aisle and get saved before that happens, we're gonna have some folks have to get on the altar and repent and do business with God, amen? Now, David is doing real business with God in Psalms 51. And in verse 31, he says, then, I circled that, not in this Bible, but I circled it in most of my Bible. I circled that word then because uh, everything that David says up to verse number 13, he said, has to be done before. uh, He said, I can teach transgressors their ways uh, and sinners be converted unto thee. I think one of the problems we have today in our churches is we got people trying to pull people out of the ditch and they're in a bigger ditch than the one they're trying to get out of. Brother, when you come to Psalms 51, he didn't nobody, there's nobody in Psalms 51 in the first 12 verses of this scripture other than David and God. And David is not looking across the aisle at someone else. Uh, David is not inspecting somebody else's life. Uh, David has put his own life and his own sin under the microscope uh, and David sees himself for who he really is. You know, you never have revival talking about what everybody else needs to do. 
We'll never have revival talking about how wicked the world is. We know the world's wicked. Can I get an amen? I don't think God is near as upset. I know the wrath of God. He's angry with the wicked every day. But Brother Danny, I don't think God's near as upset with the sinfulness of sinners as he is the sinfulness of saints. Amen. I don't think God's near as interested this morning. And I, you know I love to shout and run the aisles. But I think that God is not near as interested in people just shouting and running the aisles and giving glory. And I hope we shout it out tonight. What I'm saying is, is that I think God is more interested in his people getting on their knees and on their face uh, and repenting of their sins and getting right with God uh, so that God's purpose and God's plan can be performed in this day and time. The church needs revival. Every church needs revival. God is not burdened about the property we have bought, the building we plan to build. He's not interested as near as much in the programs and the plans. Uh, that's not minimizing that. I, listen, and I think you ought to hook up with a church. Somebody say amen. I think you ought to back everything that goes on in your local New Testament church. You say, well, I don't agree. I think if you're gonna join a church, you ought to back it up, amen? You ought to be here and you ought to support it because everything God does, he does it through the local church, amen? He don't do it through the radio ministry or the TV ministry or any other kind of ministry. In fact, every ministry ought to be done through the local church because Jesus died for the church, amen? And there's boundaries and there's accountability and there's authority through the local church. When somebody tries to do something outside the bounds of the local church, it's because they don't like the authority of the local church. And I'm glad that God has given that authority to the church. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, amen? And so there's authority that's not given to me, that's not given to you, but it's given to the church. So the church can have power. But oftentimes the church does not have power because the church allows sin into their lives. I want to say this morning in Psalms 51, stay with me for just a few moments. Psalms 51, David deals in the first nine verses. You ought to write this down if you're taking any kind of notes. In verses one through nine, David deals with repentance. It's very easy to see that David is repenting in these verses here. He said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. I circled all the personal pronouns that are in these first nine verses. He said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against thee and thee only. Have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. He said, behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. You see what David is doing in these early verses here is that I see that David is very humble in verse number one. He's pleading for the mercy of God, for the loving kindness of God. He's asking for God's mercy. If we're gonna have revival, repentance begins with humility. Do you know why people don't want to repent? Do you know why this flesh doesn't want to repent because the flesh doesn't like to humble itself but if we're going to have revival repentance brings humility in our life amen talking about real repentance 
and David is humble and David is, is hungry. He said in verse number two, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. David humbles himself, but David is hungry. David wants to be clean. I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you want to be clean with God? You see, coming to church ought to make us cleaner. Preaching ought to make us cleaner. Using the altar should make us cleaner. Now that alone won't keep us clean. There has to be a daily cleansing in the word of God, in prayer. If the only praying and reading you do is when you come to church, you're gonna live a filthy Christian life. Not that you couldn't live a Christian life filthy, but you're gonna live a filthy life as a believer and never really live the Christian life. So you've got to daily digest the word of God, daily spend time in prayer because it cleanses us. David is asking God to cleanse him from all all of his sin, repentance, humility, hunger. Are you hungry for God this morning? You know, it was about nine o'clock last night and I realized, because somebody sent me a text message that there's a lot of ball games going on. And, uh, and I'm not preaching against people watching a ball game, but I'm making a point this morning that not even the person that sent me the text am I saying this to but isn't it amazing how that when football season rolls around, how hungry people get, how alive they become, how dedicated and committed they are. And then when that season is over with and then it's not too long until springtime and baseball season comes around or, or whatever you want to use as an illustration to make the point, everybody has something that they want to get into with everything and they dedicate everything they've got. It's on their mind. It's in their conversation. It, it's the highlight of their week. They, they look forward to it all week. I'm not fussing if you watched the football game yesterday. That's between you and God. But what I'm saying this morning is this. Uh, and I don't want anything. I mean anything. I don't want to come between me and my hunger and my thirst for God. I'm not up here telling you that I'm everything that I want to be and ought to be. But I'm telling you this morning, uh, after 30 years of being saved, uh, if there's anything that I have found out, I have found out a lot of things come and a lot of things go. A lot of things are nothing more than fluff. But there is one thing that will satisfy you every day of your life. And it is walking with God and it's real. It is so real. It is more real to me this morning than Brother Laddie it's ever been in all of my life. He is real this morning and I don't ever want to lose the hunger and the thirst to live and to walk with God. Amen. Are you hungry this morning? Are you hungry? How long has it been since you got close to God? David's got a real hunger to just be clean. I, I want to be clean, don't you? God knows I'll never be perfect down here. I'll never be sinless down here, but we sure can't be clean, amen? I mean, you think about it. I'm not gonna live the rest of my life without this body ever getting dirt on it or without it ever getting filthy. I'm not gonna live the rest of my life without this body ever having some foul odor, odor to it, and neither are you. But I'm gonna tell you, every day that I get up, I can still live clean in a dirty world. I, when I do get dirty, I 
know what to do. I know what will cleanse me. I don't have to live in the field. I don't have to carry the dirt. It requires a daily responsibility. But brother laddie, it's worth it. This old body may get dirty, but I'm glad I can live clean. Amen. You may be poor, but you can still be clean. Isn't that right? You may not have a lot of money. You may not have not have a lot of fancy clothes, but your soap and water doesn't cost that much. I will tell you something to live clean for God is even cheaper, friend. You can get in the word of God and pray and it won't cost you nothing. Well, let me back up and come again. It will cost you something. You will have to pay a price, but it is worth it to live clean in an ungodly world that we're living in. And I think this morning, if we see revival, and I believe we can see revival, I believe that God's people is gonna have to live cleaner. Brother Danny was teaching Sunday school this morning and I thought to myself, he's preaching my sermon. And I like it when God puts things together like that. He was talking about separation. He was talking about living a separated life. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse number 17, come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord, amen and touch not the unclean thing. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Chapter seven and verse one said, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Romans chapter 12 and verse number one, Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm here to tell you what David is doing in Psalms 51. It's David is taking a bath. He is begging God to cleanse him from all of his sinful ways. I think we ought to repent every day of our life. We ought to name our sins. David said in verse number three, he's not only humble, he's not only hungry, but notice he's honest in verse number three. He said, for I acknowledge my sins. Do you know today the reason we're not seeing the power of God like we used to is God's people won't get honest about their sins. Quick to point out the sins of others. Quick to talk. See, you'll never be a Pharisee if you're filled with the Spirit of God. The reason for that is because the closer you get to God, you never feel like you measure up. The closer you get to Him, the more in His light you see yourself for who you really are, and it's awful ugly. If you'll notice, spirit-filled people don't talk a lot about their prayer life because they never feel like they pray enough. They don't talk about and brag about their, their spirituality because they never see themselves spiritual. They're always seeing themselves in the light of the word of God. They see their sinfulness. They see their weaknesses. They see how, how fallen, how depraved that they are. That's how it is. The closer we get to God, we realize how much more we need God. They realize that how inadequate that they are and that they cannot do things within themselves. They, they realize how, how faltering and how much of a failure this sinful flesh really is. And so therefore, they never put any confidence in it. I'm telling you, we're living in a day of arrogancy and evil 
egotism and, and pride and, and there's so much you can and you can and even in our churches uh, uh, there's not many bowed heads anymore but there's a lot of uh, stern faces uh, of people that feel confident. I'm telling you friend if God does anything in any of our life uh, he will have to do it uh, because within us dwelleth no good thing. Uh, we don't have any ability and it may get somebody else's attention but it'll never get God's attention. This morning, God works through weak vessels. God takes the weak things of this world and confounds the wise. It was the youngest of Jesse's boys that was made king, anointed and appointed by God. And it was the youngest. It's the weak things. Oh, when we realize how weak and how sinful we are, God uses us. I know it's not a shouting message this morning, but I will tell you this. If you'll grab hold of what I'm saying, it'll change your life. It may not be a message that, uh, that we go home and talk about six months from now, not that we do any of them. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it's a simple truth but it's a truth that can forever change your life. If you can learn to just confess all of your sins to God, name them one by one. I'm here to tell you if you wanna be filled with the Spirit of God, that what it requires to be filled with the Holy Spirit is number one, you have to want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of people that don't want to be filled and so therefore they'll just spend their Christian life just kind of fooling around, never doing anything for God because they don't really want to be filled. But I wanna be filled with the Holy Spirit. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. I want to be filled with him. Do you want to be filled with the Spirit of God? If you want to be, you can be. If you don't want to be, then what I'm saying to you means nothing to you this morning. Saved as you may be, you'll just kindly hobo through your life and come to the end of the journey, never making and mounting to anything for God. But if you want his presence, if you want to feel the fullness of his Spirit in your life, then God is more willing to fill us than what we are willing to be filled this morning. You gotta wanna be filled. Number two, you gotta be willing to confess every sin the Holy Spirit brings to your life. I'm preaching like three sermons in one this morning. That's why if you're taking notes, it's a mess. Preach a little of this and preach a little of that. But they're all right here. David wanted to be filled. Created me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. David, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. It's not anything to do with salvation. David wanted the fullness. I know they were not filled as we are in the New Testament, but they knew what it was for the Spirit of God to come upon them. David knew that from a young boy. And David said, the line has been broken. The fellowship has been, has been disrupted. And David said, oh, I need the presence of God. David wanted that. And David was willing to acknowledge all of his sin. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you have to live clean. You got to dress right. Somebody say amen. Dressing right, you can have a dress to your ankles. But if it's too tight, it's not right. Somebody say amen there. Well, I've heard anything about dress in morning churches. And when you do preach on it, everybody draws up. Well, take you a pill and relax for the next few moments. I'm telling you, it's, it's a shame what goes on in our churches. The flesh that is 
revealed. Church ought to be the one place, if any place, and it ought to be every place you go, not just church that you dress right. But I tell you, church ought to be the one place that you can go to and see the people of God, not have to worry about bowing your head when the choir sings or when some special singer gets up here and everything shouldn't be borderline, amen? Everything shouldn't be so tight that if you had a quarter in your back pocket, you could tell if it was heads or tails. And don't be offended at something I'm saying this morning. If you got a television, I'm not saying anything that you've not seen this week that's not any worse. I'm talking about there was a time when people dressed right, they dressed holy, and people supported that, and they said amen when the preacher preached on it. They didn't get mad. They didn't get locked jaw. They believed it. There was character. There was decency. There was honesty, and there was respect because people dressed in a respectful manner. You know, I look at these people, they run around in church all the time with these shirts on where they, they got them split here and split here and a big gap right there. That's not good, somebody say me. I'm not talking about a sinner. I'm not talking about a lost person. I'm talking about covering the flesh. Brother, we got to get a hold of our flesh if we're going to have revival. I may preach till two o'clock today if God wants me to. I'm telling you, Fred, we got to get a hold of the flesh. We can't let our flesh show. I'm telling you, we say we're a Christian. The world is looking at us and what may be accepted in the church world will never be accepted in the eyes of God. Women are to adorn themselves in modest apparel and so are men, by the way. Who would have ever thought we'd had to preach that to the men? I saw a boy in a suit the other day. It was as ungodly as a woman in a tight dress. The only thing was it was worse. I'm talking about, friend, listen, there'll be some convictions. Amen, all these little queer suits that, that they're making for these boys now. Brother, you better not order it online. You better put it on them and make sure they look like a young man. Somebody say amen. We're living in that society. They want them boys to, to dress like sodomites and so that when they get older, maybe that tendency will be in them. Hey, listen, I'd take my boy out every day and hit his thumb with a hammer if that's what it took to make a man out of him, amen? I'd tell you, I'd buy him a shotgun. I'd put him in the mud at least once a week. I'd make a boy out of him. And I'm talking about, and I'd teach him the ways of God. I'd teach him how to weep. I'd teach him that real men go to the altar and real men pray. Real men get on their knees. Real men are not machos. They're they're not thugs. They're not some bully, but what they are is a man that's willing to take a stand for God and pray. That's what men are, amen. Takes more than a shotgun and dirt to make a man out of you too. But it don't hurt to have both of them. I'm saying this morning, repentance, repentance. David confessed his sin. I'm telling you, we gotta deal with the sin. We fill our minds and our ears if we're not careful with the things of this world, music and Hollywood and, and, and the country music and the rock music and all the, the, the filth of this world. And then cell phones have taken it to an all new level now. People spend more time. You know, people will brag and say, well, you know, I've not looked at my social media today. You'll hear people say that. I haven't looked at my social media in a week. I haven't looked at my social media, uh, you know, in two days. But you don't ever hear nobody say, you know, uh, uh, listen, uh, I, I haven't read my Bible in two days. People say that. But I think it's a sin to spend two and three hours on a computer unless you're working a job. Somebody say amen. Isn't that right this morning? So, Brother Gravely, why are you preaching so mean? I'm not preaching mean. I want to have revival, don't you? 
But I'm telling you, listen, social media has destroyed our churches today. Uh, so much gossip and so much uh, uh, things that take place and, and, and the brass of people. I'm not saying if you use it as a tool that it's wrong, but I'm telling you to most people, it's nothing more than a toy. And they'll spend two or three hours uh, scrolling the net or surfing the net, but they won't spend 10 minutes in the word of God. They won't spend five minutes on their knees. Uh, and we're fooling ourselves uh, if we think we're gonna have revival and see people saved uh, when our problems priorities are so mixed up. I'm telling you this morning, friend, what we need to do in this day and hour is we need to take a push back from this world and pull up closer to the table of God and get on our knees and don't get mad, get glad, get honest with ourselves and say, dear God, we're the only hope of our children and our grandchildren ever seeing the America that we grew up in. We must get on our knees for God is more concerned and God is more upset with the complacency of the church house than he is the corruption that's in the White House. We need God in this hour, amen. You'll come through repentance. I think to myself, this week I bought a little gift for my wife. It had a, it had a radio, a CD, a record player, and a tape player all in it. And uh, didn't have no eight tracks. I figure whoever invented that thing felt the same way the rest of us do. The 70s was a terrible mistake <laughs> in every form and fashion. Automobiles, we won't go there, okay. But I got this, so I was digging through some old tapes I had. And I started putting them tapes in. And I was listening to my old preachers this week. You know what they were, every one of them was doing? Oh, they were preaching right. They were preaching the Bible, preaching great doctrines and truths. I'll tell you what every one of them was doing. They is busting sin. They is hammering at sin. Brother, they got in a pulpit and they preached and they preached like it was their last sermon. They is preaching. And I sit there and I thought to myself unto God, we've, the, we, we've drifted so far in these last days. People are so ultra sensitive now. And I thought about the things they were saying. I'm telling you, there was a busting sin. There was a calling it by name. I don't know how you are, but I'll tell you, when I heard it, the more I heard it, the more I liked it. Amen? I'm telling you, it didn't make me mad. You said, well, they must have not been saying anything you was guilty of. Oh, no. Friend, I'm telling you, it was wearing me out too. Only difference was it didn't make me mad. It made me want to get on my knees and get closer to God. I tell you, me and my wife sat there and listened to a man of God preach last night and he preached on the flesh. I mean, he preached against everything. I even told her, I said, this ain't good for me on Sunday, Saturday night right before Sunday morning because I knew it's a bleeding in my own heart. But I tell you, I like old time preaching, don't you? I like it when it builds you up. But I like it when a man of God will just take the Bible and get a burden and will not care about our feelings but will care enough about getting us all closer to the throne and closer right with God. We we need some sin-killing preaching. And I grew up on it's a shame for a man to have long hair. That's in the book, somebody say amen. That, boy, that means, boys, you keep it off your ears and keep it off your collar, amen? You ought to have a haircut like I got, amen? 
I'm telling you, friend, or get it a little bit shorter if you can. I'm just telling you, keep it right and keep it tight. Somebody say amen. Don't look like a hippie. Don't look like a sissy, amen. Don't get this old shag mess that's going on. I'm telling you, look like somebody. Look right, amen. And mom and dad, you ought to make them have a right haircut. And don't get mad at that. Get right about it. Well, my granddad was lost. And when he took you to the barber shop, I don't care. Listen, I wouldn't care if it was his niece. She was getting a burr cut. <laughs> you didn't want him taking you to the barber shop. I mean, you didn't have hardly no hair on your arms when he got done with you. Grew up in the Navy. He thought everybody ought to have a haircut like that. Brother, he didn't ask you. He didn't, he didn't tell you to sit up there and tell them what you want. I see these kids do that at the barber shop. I mean, my Lord, I, they're growing up in the wrong generation. You sit in a barber chair and he said, he'll take this right here, just buzz it down real good. Yeah. Amen, went to school, everybody thought you had lice, you know. <laughs> i tell you one thing though, nobody ever looked at us and thought we was a girl, amen. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. I'm talking about, friend, listen, convictions, amen. I'm talking about a lost man that believed you ought to have your hair cut if you're a boy. Hey, he believed if you're a girl, you ought to have pig, uh, pigtails or you have, ought to have some bows in your hair. Uh, you ought to look like a girl, amen. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, we're living in a generation and it's so sad. Sometimes I don't know if it's a man or a woman. I don't know what it is. Uh, I feel sorry for them. Uh, hey, but listen, they're lost. They don't know God, but we that know God ought to not be picking up their tendencies. Uh, we ought to be different. We ought to be the light of the world. We ought not follow their fashion. We ought to stand out and be separate. Hallelujah. I don't think a boy ought to wear a bracelet or a necklace. Is that right? Brother, I'm telling you this morning, there's just some things we don't hear preached on anymore. You girls, I'm not 100% against makeup, but I'll tell you something, the younger the barn, the less the paint, somebody say amen. Every old barn needs some paint on it now. Y'all know that. If you don't wear makeup, I, I'm not married to you, so it don't matter. Amen. But I'm telling you what, I mean, I think a lady ought to look nice. Don't go over there to 2 Timothy and start quoting me them verses because we're going to go right over to 2 Peter. Not the putting on of gold and apparel and the plaiting of the hair. What that means is that it's not those things that makes you spiritual. Because when you go to 2 Peter, the Bible talks about taking off some things. If you're going to take all that off, you have to take them clothes off too. So we don't even want to go there this morning. Isn't that right? It's the principle. But I'm telling you, you see these girls in their... They're 14 years old and they got bright red lipstick on. Eh, I don't know about that. Well, I do. I wouldn't do that. That's right. We live in a sick, perverted world. Somebody say amen. You keep your girl a little girl as long as she'll stay a little girl. Amen. Use it in moderation. They don't know how to. They don't know how to use moderation on nothing. When I was a teenage boy, I didn't know how to, to use moderation. So, hey, parents, that's your responsibility. I, I'm getting. I don't know where I'm getting all this, but I'm glad I'm preaching it this morning. Trying to help you. I'm telling you this morning, I'm going to close here in just a moment. Repentance. I think the simple truth is this this morning. There's plenty. Listen to me. There's plenty this morning for all of us, from the pulpit to the back row, 
there's plenty for all of us to repent over. The goal of every Christian here this morning, every child of God, our goal should be to live as clean as we can for God's honor and God's glory. Don't ever look at somebody and talk about the things they do as if you're better than them. You know, I've never smoked a cigarette today in my life. I could name you ten things I've never done. That don't make me better than nobody. Brother, I've seen people, they wore dresses that dragged to the ground, and I like dresses that dragged to the ground. Not belittling that. But they wore them that dragged to the ground, but their spirit was as filthy as a harlot. You see, this morning, to be filled with the Holy Spirit means you've got to want to be filled. To be filled with the Holy Spirit means you've got to be willing to confess every sin that the Spirit of God brings. I, I, I thought about this this morning. If you'll ask Him, God, show me my sins, you'll be amazed. We'll be amazed at how sinful we really are. And then to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning means that you yield yourself completely to God. I think spirit-filled people have no desire to be seen. They don't want to make a show of themselves. David is humble. He is hungry. He is honest. But I'll tell you where David winds up in this text. David's holy. As sinful as he started in verse number one, God cleaned him up. You know why? Because he repented. He got right with God. This morning, I want to say as we stand our feet, I'm not preaching to you. I want you to understand, I'm not preaching to you as though I see anything in your life. I don't. I really don't. But I sure have seen myself this week. I want to be closer. I want to be cleaner. God, help me. The possibility and the power, the things God could do through us if we just be clean vessels. Total surrender, God. I'm not putting you under the microscope this morning. I'm being honest with you as your pastor. I'm examining myself. I want to be right with God, as right with God as I can be. I want to be. Only he knows that. I, I don't want anything in my life that would quench him or grieve him. I, I don't want anything in my heart. Oh, those inward things that nobody sees, but he sees it all. I don't want anything in there that would shorten out my prayer life. That would hinder me from being the Christian that I could be and should be. I want to be able to get a prayer through. I want that fellowship to be sweet and to be right. And I'll just be honest with you this morning. There's never been a day in my life where I felt clean enough. But you want to be. You want to be. While Brother David sings.